0: Good morning folks, and also good morning to those who are watching online, welcome to this time of worship with us, and I'd like to thank the worship team for leading in worship with us this moment. This morning I'd like to share with you the meditation taken from the text uh, Genesis 21 verses 22 to 34, and uh, let me read with you, and then you can read quietly also on your own. A very simple text. Uh, so simple that really not easy to prepare. But thank God for the commentaries and notes that I can gather. And also with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit given. Uh, I could make this meditation with you this morning. And pray that the Lord will have a word for you too. So Let me go through this text with you. Genesis 21 22-34 I'm reading to you with the NIV version entitled The Treaty of Beersheba. I mean Abraham has signed something there at this place. Verse 22 says <clears throat> At the time Abimelech and the the commander of his forces, said to Abraham, God is with you in everything you do. Oh, what a testimony. That can testify that could see the life of Abraham has been blessed by God, that God is watching him in everything he does. Now swear to me, they say, here before God, that you will not deal falsely with me or my children or my descendants, uh, if you can recall in Genesis 20, uh, King Abelak uh, tried to take Sarah uh, as somebody, was, but then he that eye, God has spoken to him, you better don't touch Sarah because she belonged to Abraham and she, he quickly released Sarah back to, Sarah, uh, to Abraham. So, he learned a lesson that Abraham told a lie at that moment. So you at this moment, <clears throat> say, please don't do anything falsely with me, my children and so on. Show to me the country where you are now decide as a foreigner, the same kindness I've shown to you. So he wanted to make sure Abraham could come clean with him. So Abraham said, yes, I swear. Then 25, then Abraham now make a complaint to Abimelech about a well of water that Abimelech's servant has seized. But then the answer came by Abimelech saying, I don't know who has done this. You did You did not tell me and I heard it from you today. I'm not sure how he looked at the whole thing. Say, oh, I don't know anything. Now I just found out from you that happened but my people took away your wealth, and things like that. So Abraham brought sheep and cattle and gave them to Abimelech, and the two men make a treaty. <clears throat> and Abraham set seven ewe lambs from the flock, and uh, Abimelech asked Abraham, what is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs that you have set apart by themselves? So you see, hey, why you give me all these animals for what, you know? So Abraham replied, Accept these seven lambs from my hand as a witness that I dug this well. So it will be a, a gentleman agreement that you take these back, I take my well back. Alright? And So it will be a happy ending kind of situation. First 31, So the place will call called Beersheba because the two men swan and old. I mean, just to kind of remember where they done the treaty. So after the treaty had made at Beersheba, and Phil called, the commander of his forces returned to the land of Philistine. So they parted with Abraham. And Abraham planted a tamarisk tree to Beersheba. And then he called on the name of the Lord, the eternal God. So here Abraham made a commitment to God for everything, sealed it with the planting of the tree. And Abraham stayed in the land of Philistine for a long time. So indeed, he would have had the privilege to stay there without any more further disturbances coming to him. So folks, this is the word of the Lord. Now, Interestingly, this chapter came before Louis' uh, brother preached last Sunday on chapter 22 about Abraham making sacrifice of Isaac. So I'd like to, uh, with God's help, to share this meditation and pray that the Spirit himself will guide us in this thought here. So let us pray. God our Father, we want to thank you for your words before us, and we believe they always have meaning and teaching to us. So we ask at this moment that you not only open our minds to you, but open our hearts to the reception, uh, be receptive to your teaching and your encouragement given here. So pray the Holy Spirit himself will be a guide. And it is our prayer that all thy servants will hear as you speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And also let me now start with a quote that I gathered here as I get from my note. An uh, interesting reminder that I found this in the book that I read. Uh, this is how it was found in the concentration camp crafted by a prisoner. And these are the words that he had written. I believe in the sun, even though it doesn't shine. I believe in love, even is isn't shown. And thirdly, I believe in God even when he doesn't speak. How beautiful that this is the way that we can respond to God. Here you realize a man without freedom lost his family, well, or perhaps uh, friends, but deep inside him, he knows God. Deep inside him, he knows God. And I guess if you read the book of Abraham or the story of Abraham, this already uh, happened to him, Abraham himself, that he knew God had spoken to him, that he can move out from his community and to a place that God will settle him and to honour him. So here is a very kind of uh, interesting story as you follow the book of Genesis. Genesis to know the uh, outcome of the unknown that Abraham faced later on. There we realize <clears throat> and learn from uh, Abraham's uh, event and story that every episode that he goes through, God is really watching him. That's what we have just learned from the scripture text this morning. And I believe strongly in my heart That Abraham knows that God has been with him. And I like to use this story that I again pick up from the book to rephrase it and share with you how this background of Abraham's comes in. This story was told about a man, a very adventurous man, the kind of people. He wanted to explore the African jungle. So he went deep into the African safari jungle, I will say. And when he was there, he encountered like big uh, forest bushes or perhaps insects biting him. He could see snakes clawing on the floor and uh, could hear different noise coming. Then feel a bit warm and hot at that situation and uh, frustrated. He kind of asked the seasoned tour guide in front of him. He said, man, where are we going? Do you know where you are leading me? You know, there was no GPS there, no map for him. Then he asked again, where is the path that we are supposed to continue? Then this seasoned tour guide looked at him and replied, I am the path. Although along the journey, this tour guide was trying to throw some hint here and there, but not a full picture. What he could tell this uh, adventurous traveler was, you just follow me, keep closely yeah, to me, just watch your step and you'll be safe. Wow, what a picture that this adventurous man got. That's all I needed to do? <clears throat> yes, I guess this is how we see ourselves in the faith journey. That some of us could ask, where is God today? Where are you leading me? How should I be able to respond to you? And I pray and that you will hear the voice of God and say you just follow me and you will know what to do. Follow me closely and just watch your step and not to sin against me. And I believe this is how Abraham has been trading on since the day that God calls him. Abraham rise and I will show you step after step. Where you should be going. So this morning, as we look at the text just now, we just read to you in Genesis uh, 21. <clears throat> it's a very kind of unique text that you find in the scripture. And uh, there's a question asked, why in the first place, God acted in the scripture here? Uh, for what reason, you know? So As I look up uh, notes, I discover the answer is very simple. It just shows the faithfulness of God that we can find in such a scripture text. And it shows how God has faithfully provided Abraham need in his faith journey together. And I believe that you can also find God in your journey that you are going through today. So I have kind of list out here three areas for us to meditate along, and they are first to look at God faithfully provided security and protection, secondly, God provided Abraham the basic needs, and also thirdly, God provided to Abraham uh, that he could fulfill God's purpose in his life. And talking about the uh, protection and security, uh, you will recap that at two places, uh, instances, instances in Genesis 12 and Genesis 20, that when Abraham, first of all, make a trip to Egypt because of famine, and he kind of very like Sarah, the wife will have a very good attractive look he said, hey, let's play safe. Uh, let call you my sister. In case people take you my wife, then I will be in trouble. And that happened not only once huh? in Genesis 12, but also Genesis 20. 20, he met King Abilak. Say the same thing. Don't say my wife that you're my uh, sister. And Pastor Emmanuel preached once that we see the faithfulness of God is really with him or with us too. That even though how unfaithful we were, that God could turn the situation and protected Abraham, saved Sarah, that it could be still husband and wife kind of situation and move on. Now as far as Abraham was concerned, he was still really like human. Back in his mind, like a bit of gassy, scared of death, or in trouble, play safe. I guess most of us will be trying to do that. But God overruled all these weaknesses of a person, protected him, and guided him, continued his journey so that Abraham could fulfill God's purpose ambition on earth that he will become a father of a great nation or nations come. That the, Israel, the nation of Israel was born to, even today. So you see the faithfulness of God in Abraham's life. And I believe many of us who are keeping close to God will see his protection too. At this point, I'd like to share this personal encounter. That uh, my wife and I went through uh, which we seldom share because sometimes a bit embarrassing to uh, share through this. Not because I told a lie that she's not my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I only save a former girlfriend. <laughs> Can, right? <laughs> but there's no reason. Like, that's the truth. La. Before marriage, still a girlfriend. Too. But here, my encounter that we had uh, was, I think it was like four years ago, the pre-COVID situation, that we can still make our traveling uh, holiday. And uh, my wife and I, uh, actually also with my son and the girlfriend were along. But that afternoon, we were at this, um, uh, we were actually went to Italy to see places like the Colosseum and the Vatican City. <laughs> And so <clears throat> that afternoon, we kind of went out there, kind of wanted to explore some marketplace, and we took a subway train. They called it a metro train and things So, So we have a, a, a basement or car, a station, station and waiting for the train to come. As the train came, uh, we were trying to go up to the train, but then my my wife noticed and realized there were a group of girls, so-called young ladies, uh, blocking her way you know, to going up to the entrance of the train. Uh, you the time you can see, my wife can answer more details. She got a closer encounter than me. <laughs> we got girls to girls kind of situation. So she kind of felt this a bit funny feeling that this group of young ladies blocking her way. And so she can't go into that entrance. So she joined me at the next coach entrance. So when we sat inside the coach, my wife looked at me and said, hey, I feel something funny with this group of ladies. I don't know why they blocked my way. And then... uh, this allowed me to make my entry and things like that. I say, uh, maybe they are too crowded or too hurry. Not like Singaporean, very gently move, right? Hopefully that way. So then she went, gave me the idea. Something is funny happening. So I don't know why at that moment I put my both hands back my pants pockets. Hey. I say, my wallet, not here. I look at her, (laughs) shocked. Then she quickly went out. But surprisingly, the train was not in motion yet. Still not moving, not sure why. So my wife can go out to the next court, back to those groups of young ladies and try to reason with them and say, why do you block me? Or "What what were you up to and things like that. Felt something could be fishy in that kind of situation. I don't know whether they understood her. Or not. No reply. Ignore her. Pretend nothing happened. So my wife came back to the coach I was in. Then lo and behold, you know what happened, folks? A young little girl followed her, held up my wallet. Wow, folks, I thought it was a magic show. That someone can take my wallet and now return to me. Why oh, ah. <laughs> You can see the surprise and joy I had at that moment. I took it back for her, the younger. I looked at her face and said, hey, don't do it again. Ah. Of course, I hope it will never happen. Ah. But folks, the toilet did and there. The girl went out and my wife began to look into her handbag. Lo and behold, what happened? Her purse gone. (laughs) He was surprised. She thought she always covered her handbag like that. Yet, the small little purse she had also gone. So she quickly went back and tried to look for all those girls. Oh, they all disappeared already. (laughs) And really, the rest were already like history. They all disappeared, and the train started to move. So it was a kind of serious to us that why a train at that moment, like somebody was watching or what? <clears throat> or signal that maybe something was happening, a passenger not happy or what, what, what no, no. You can imagine the train would be there for 4-5 minutes or even more. Then everything then we discovered, the train started to move away. But I must tell you that my wallet, although it's thick, but it's full of bills and receipts only. eh? One or two credit cards, eh? or maybe a few uh, notes of the Singapore dollars and so on. But my wife lost her precious purse only with one credit card inside, a supplementary card under my name only. And the rest is like a few US dollars this long. But to treasure the wallet or the purse that she had. So as we call this kind of incident, we realize the divine hand was ready with us. Uh, giving us the protection and the uh, uh, security in God's hand that we know that we God we can travel safely through and through. In fact, as we look back, nobody warned us or told us that such things could happen in a public place or a train as we make our journey there. Uh, only later when we share notes with others that we discover things have happened to other tourists or Singaporeans who have been to places like such. But here we look at the security and protection that God has given to Abraham. Similarly, faithfully provided, I'm sure God has His hand on us and leading and guiding us all together. So let me move to our second area this morning about God faithfully provided Abraham also the physical needs. And actually that comes in the form of a well. And you know, they were in the kind of wilderness situation. A well will be already a precious item to the community there. And you can see how in verse 25, Abraham complained to that about a well of water that his servant has seized, taken away. And now he was asking, Can I have this well back as a way you could see the provision of God is there given to him, to Abraham and his flock or the household. And you can look at the situation of well. I'm not sure many of you were city dwellers like me when I was young. I hardly see the well before. Only I think I was at the age of four or five. That was how long ago that I am able to stay a place uh, my auntie was staying for overnight. And I discovered at the house there was a well. <clears throat> and I was really fascinated to look at the well inside and try to use the bucket to play, you know, drawing the water. And here yeah, the uh, situation of the well is that it not only provides the source of life, it provides water, and you discover the well, water, never dry up. It's always there, you know, always top up. Very, very well given and easy to draw rather than to run pipe, And above all, it is a gift of God for us. The well of water. And so here you could see Abraham treasured this gift that God has given to him as a source of provision of life for Him. And talking about that, I believe many of us are too concerned about what we want to eat, dress, and so on and so forth. But Matthew text in chapter 6 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Learn to seek ye first the kingdom of God. That God will provide us I want to share with you this blessed testimony I learned and heard from a brother among us. I will call him Brother X. A very warm testimony he shared. I heard it maybe 3-4 months ago from him. He shared with me the situation was when his son was only 5 years old, almost 20 years ago, that he got returned from his job. And he got returned for three months. So, during the three months, he tried to look for a job. Of course, you know, anxiety and concern came to him. But finally, he managed to get a job, but with lesser pay. But at that situation, of course, you can't be choosy of any situation. Then he took on the job. But lo and behold, he realized when he came to church to worship the Lord, there was this teaching and reminder about your tithe to the Lord, the pledge about giving the Lord, one-tenth of the situation. So he said, God, today my pay, (laughs) one-tenth is quite a substantial sum, you know. But then he said, deep in his heart, the Lord said, you learn to give. And be a cheerful giver. True enough, he said he placed his tithes and blood to the Lord and he gave. And very soon he was offered another job, better pay, better condition, and he was happy and the boss was happy with him. And lo and behold, folk, he stayed on the job for another 15 years, even up to now. Even the son, the time of him five, now is a teenager already. He is still with a job. <clears throat> wow, great is the Lord. Great is His promise of provision of life to us. And when I heard his story, a uh, very warm kind of testimony that he shared, it just all the blue, you know. He was so excited about his faith journey with me. And then helped help me to recall a personal calling that God placed upon my heart almost forty years ago when I heard the text in Isaiah six. Whom shall I said? My answer was, Hear yeah, my Lord, send me. Now when the answer that at the time I don't know I will be a pastor. All I could do was to stand up with my legs shivering. My heart was saying, Where is the path? How should I go from here, Lord? As I responded to you. Then there was an affirmation from another verse taken from 1 Thessalonians 5 24. 1 Thessalonians 5 24 says, He who calls you is faithful and He will do it. God who calls me, or will call you, is faithful, and He will do it. Wow, what a promise. And that reminds me, the theme I would like to share with you this morning, keep believing God's promise. Glean on to His promise. Never fail to lose sight on Him. And so folks, as I look back, I almost finished my forty years of pastoral ministry. And today I look at a young pastor like Pastor Emmanuel. Just started. He got 40 years to catch up with me. <laughs> <laughs> I heard him say, Well, Pastor Lee, I don't know if I can last that long. Well, I leave it to him, really. Or other pastors, young man especially, between them and God. How faithful you will see the call of God in you. All right. And maybe some of you may want to consider the full-time calling in your life. You may wonder how God will keep His promise to you. The challenge is you don't try, you will never know. Alright? Now, I don't mean you touch, church and go, you know. But when you say you go, you better go all the way, right? Just like Abraham, never look back. He will never look back. Because he will cause you is faithful. And he will do it. Alright? The third area to share with you, folks about time to go. <laughs> the God faithfully provided Abraham so that he could fulfill his promise. And we can see in this text about the ending power 33 and 34 when Abraham made a treaty with the king Amalek about um, the peace they have together. And here the scriptures say Abraham planted a tree Symbolically speaking, it's a commitment and a blessing to God that God has helped him through the year, And these three will be a great reminder that God's faithfulness has been with him entirely. Some other occasion, you see that how Abraham received the blessing and he moved on, he erected an altar as a way of worship of God the Great Mighty. In other words, he did not take God for granted. That every step that God has blessed him is a testimony of grace and mercy he received. And he will say, "Here, God, I honor you with what you are given. I erect an altar of worship." And here, in this text, ending here, he say he planted a tree. You know, we have a lot of tree planting situation in Singapore. What happened to a tree grows strong and tall. When you look at it, it's a great reminder of the work of God in our lives. I guess this is how Abraham would like to see and place in his mind and to the generation to come. That when you look at the tree, it's a symbolic of our love and God's love to us, a covenant that you can set before God and yourself. So a matter of reflection and conclusion, we have to ask ourselves, what have you been going through to see God's faithfulness to you? I can think of some things like, you know, some parents, especially the time when registered for a kid, suddenly, or oh, behold, you are blessed with the shoe of your choice and the kid can enter. Even you go by balloting, you got a choice. And thank God for that. And also along the line, you experience miracles here and there, and protection that came along. Have you forgotten to give God His praise and thanks? Or you look at joy being given and blessed with career, carrier, family life, friends and siblings, or even with children and grandchildren, have you paused for a moment to give thanks to God? And have you really given thanks to God for the good health that you received today? And actually, for your info, two weeks ago, I was down with COVID. Do I look like I'm having COVID? If I don't tell you, you don't know, right? But I had very mild symptoms. Uh, no fever, no headache. Appetite was still good. You can sleep well. After seven days, I think I can get a house already. Uh, not coming to church for two weeks already, or even three weeks, just to make safe for all of us. Only now we have a bit of sore throat and cough. But thank God, I recover. Yesterday, my test before I came, normally we are asked to test before we come on Sunday, is negative. All right. (laughs) So I thank God for the way He watches over me. So I think the time here to share is my thanksgiving to the Lord. Amen. And actually, for your info, Pastor Anthony is supposed to preach today. Scully, he down with COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do my sermon the an express way. <laughs> uh, but it's a joy, it's a joy to share. And uh, we look forward to he coming back and to share God's word with us. So here we are about our testimony and faithfulness to God. I think we are here to demonstrate God's faithfulness continue to be upon us, leading us step by step. Of course, we ask ourselves, how do we show it? How or what kind of gesture should we be able to present to God? Are you able to share your testimony as others have done, or as people have seen your life uh, this text can say that Abinak and the commander have seen Abraham, that we know God has been with you in everything you do. Amen. You know, if our friend can say that to us, how wonderful is it? You don't have to bring him or her to a evangelist rally. Your life will be the testimony that whatever you do, they can see God in you and in your life. Amen. Okay, let's pray. God, we want to thank you for your teaching, your leading, and the assurance of your promise coming to us. Yes, Lord, sometimes it's hard to experience you in a very personal way. But we know thankfully, you are always with us and leading us and guiding us all together. So we rejoice and give you thanks as your people that we have you to watch over us and to bless us. So continue, Lord, your grace be upon us, that we know you will never leave or forsake us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.